This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning or good afternoon, whatever the case may be. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Uh, anything you want to talk about. However, I always come prepared and um, just uh, want to talk pets and want to thank our sponsors for letting us be here with you, Brevecto. Uh, that's 12-week protection fleas and ticks and more than a cone, raising awareness of animal welfare through the arts, and of course, save this life microchip. And I hope you all had a very safe, fun Thanksgiving. Here in the uh, West, in Los Angeles, kind of unusual weather for Thanksgiving, 90 degrees. And actually, it was the hottest Thanksgiving on record in Los Angeles. The record up before this was 86 degrees back in 1903. So, um, yeah, it was... Uh, Kind of unusual. In fact, I have some cousins that are out here from New York. Their son lives out here, and they came out to visit him, and they spent Thanksgiving with us, and they're, they're walking around. It's 40 degrees in New York. It's cold. And they're saying, I can't believe it. It's 90 degrees. And you're wearing shorts, and you're going swimming. It's crazy. Today, out there, a little bit more gloomy, but uh, we're you know finally, I think they're actually talking about our first rain coming up uh, next weekend. So uh, whatever. We had some great weather for a long time. I'm not complaining. Not complaining at all. So i um, like to know that uh, that Thanksgiving did go well and safe for everybody and their pets. There's so many warnings out there. You know, it's ad nauseum. And hopefully you adhered and listened to these warnings about what your pet should and should be eating. And uh, everybody had a nice, safe time. No turkey bones, no fatty foods. And uh, hopefully all went very well. I read a couple of cute stories. This one I, I liked a lot. A um, cockatoo. They, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it's uh, kind of embarrassing, but it's great at the same time. So they had a intelligence test where they had cockatoos, chimpanzees, and one-year-old babies. Uh, one-year-old babies. It's you know, what do you know? One. Anyway, they gave like a, it was like an IQ test, like shaping, matching shapes, and things like that. And the cockatoos beat the chimps <laughs> and the babies. So. They're pretty smart. In fact, I don't know if you have you ever owned birds like the, you know, the parasites, the citizens, the big parrots and the cockatoos and the macaws. I mean, they are, first of all, magnificent creatures. And anyone who's had one knows they're very, very smart. You know, African greys have an amazing potential for vocabulary and speaking. But what they were saying is the reason why they may make difficult pets is because they are so smart. And, you know, you would think that they're only able to repeat back certain phrases, certain words, but people have had birds that they can actually have a conversation with. I mean, they actually have been able to understand the conceptually the words they're speaking and the situations, and it's not just repeating back. So, you know, yes, you want to be very careful what you say around your bird, because when guests come over, they will repeat what you said, including the four-letter words, because they don't know they're unusual words. But uh, they uh, that was really um, fun to see that they are smart. We kind of knew that. This was also something that, that, you know, we can talk about again until we're, we're sick of hearing about it. But in Sweden, they basically had 3.4 million individual health records. And of adults, middle-aged senior adults living alone, and they found that, that those with dogs over a 12-year study were much less likely to die 
than dogless owners, dogless individuals in that same period. And they attribute it to a number of things, which you know, first of all, they're less likely to suffer from cardiovascular disease. Why? Because when you have a pet, when you have a dog, you're out there, you're walking, you're exercising. And what's also interesting, it wasn't just the physical health, it's the mental health. And having a dog, these people had much more of an active social life, social contacts. You walk, and I say this all the time, you know, it's amazing the effect that dogs, more pets in general, mostly dogs, just when I'm talking about walking outside, but you know, during good weather, most municipalities, most cities have restaurants with outdoor seating and, and, you know, like a little patio area. And, you know, if you're walking down one such restaurant, you're walking past a restaurant and people are sitting and enjoying their meal, unless you know them, you are not going to stop and start a conversation. But if they have a dog with them or if you have a dog with you, it's amazing. How many people stop and start talking and socializing and talking about the pet? It's very mentally enriching to have pets. And you know, I, again, it doesn't shock me at all. I mean, I notice it all the time. I can't walk down the street and not stop when somebody has their dog and I'm not the only one. So I could see this. And so it's very important if you have seniors in your life that are living alone, whether it's one who lost a spouse, I mean, I would definitely think very long and hard and consider getting them a dog. I think it's literally, literally good for their health. This is also an interesting study. So there are are one of the animals that hibernate. We know it, obviously, bears hibernate. There are a lot of animals that do so. But so these researchers were studying hibernating squirrels. And I guess the question came, when the brain is basically at rest for these long periods of time, how does it come back to function normally? So there is a, it's a process, a cellular process called sumoilation. S-U-M-O-Y-L-A-T-I-O-N. Don't even ask me what, what it means. And But that's the process that researchers call when the animals are hibernating, what maintains the brain to function with this less blood flow and thus less oxygen. So there's got to be something that allows that to happen. And there's actually an enzyme called Epsilon. And this enzyme basically supports this process of simulation. So there's something that this enzyme does that allows the brain to function. It still functions, but it's functioning on less oxygen and less blood flow. So they now have identified this enzyme and they have so far have injected it into mouse brains and studied flow and oxygen, deprive the brain activity and deprive the blood flow and oxygen. And yet with this enzyme, the brain had continued to function. So of course, now what they're thinking of what potential do we have to take this epsilon enzyme and inject it into people that have had strokes and where we, we have definitely know there's less brain activity because there's with a stroke, it's a cardiovascular event. And that means there's less blood flow and there's less oxygen to the brain, which causes the problem. If we can use something that can enhance the ability of the brain to function, even though there's less blood flow and less oxygen. So you know, again, another amazing situation where literally the animals and studying animals and research that's being done in animals can actually help man as well. By the way, if there's any way you want to get a hold of us and we'd love to hear from you, very easy. Just uh, log on, click on the Ask the Vets tab. You can scroll down to Ask the Vets and you'll see a link to a Google Hangouts. Click on the link and you will join us right here live 
If you have a small pet that you can fit on your lap or in your arms, make sure he's with you or she's with you. And uh, you can ask about anything, anything about pets. It doesn't have to be about things we're talking about, just if you have questions. Another way to get a hold of us, if you're shy or you don't have that little camera on your computer or you're not computer savvy, you can just call us good old-fashioned way, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882 and join us here live. Also, and this is also interesting that the Virginia, Maryland Regional College of Veterinary Medicine has been uh, starting studies on using ultrasound to help fight tumors. Now, what's so interesting is depending on the type of ultrasound, there are many different types of you know ultrasounds that are being used, but to be able to use it to help shrink soft tissue cancers is pretty cool. Of, of course, we use it to diagnose them, but there are different frequencies that can be used. And now they're studying certain frequencies of ultrasound that might be able to help shrink soft tissue tumors. Again, that's something that if we find if it, if there are benefits and they can be proven and shown, again, that certainly is going to help be able to help people as well. This one I love, and many of you out there are going to love this one as well. So we have to applaud the state of Pennsylvania, who has become the ninth state, listen to this, that makes it a felony, a felony to leave pets in extreme weather conditions. That's not just the hot. Now, we already know that about 22 states, it is against the law to leave pets in hot cars, in cars, parked cars. But not all of those 22 allow either law enforcement or passersby, if they feel that pet is in danger, to break a window and free the pet. But at least it is, it's often a misdemeanor. But in Pennsylvania, it's a ninth state that's going to make it a felony. And um. And that's great. It's part of the animal cruelty laws. And we talked about this in, in weeks you know, before, prior, about what to do in cold weather and important measures we should take to protect our pets from the cold, just like we do during the summer to protect them from the heat. Um, so the fact that now it's uh, in many of these states, it's a felony. I think that's great. We have to, yay, applaud state of Pennsylvania. I think that's great. Anyway, I also, while we have a, we're at that time, I want to talk about something when we come back. And, you know, it's, well, two things. Number one came from a question that we're going to talk about. And that is the fear of age. Is age a disease? And we're going to talk about that as soon as we get back. And my feelings, how, how many people are afraid to have certain things done on their pets because they're old? And I want you to think about that for a second. And we're going to take a short break, come back, and we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about, and this is a, a biggie for me because I hear this all the time, and it's a problem. And that is, at, you need to know as pet owners, pet parents, pet caretakers, call yourselves what you'd like. You need to know what conditions are to, you should to expect that treatment needs to be lifelong. And I can tell you, and that just happened again this week, uh, saw a very sick dog. They had not been to me for a year and a half and they were on a medication for a disease. And when it was over, they stopped. They never called. They never talked. And it's a big problem. So anyway, when we come back, don't go away. You're Stay here live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best Dr. Jeff once again, 877-385-8882. If you have any questions, call me. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks. So trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. Get the 
stinky dog away from me. Bad breath and bad gas. Petey stopped eating. All his hair fell out. Itching, licking, missing fur. At least $5,000 in vet bill. Creams, antibiotics, sprays. No results. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. The shedding is stopped and the itching is stopped. Her coat is not soft, it's silky, it's healthy and shiny and glossy. She's got life, she's got energy. Tons of energy, no more bad smell. Dynavite's the bomb. Dynavite is the best thing that's ever happened to my dogs, you know, besides me, of course. (laughs) 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. And um, we, before the break, we kind of, I, I give you a couple of teases, kind of like those commercials where, you know, you don't want to go away because you want to hear what's going on. So hoping it's going to work. So picture this, picture this. Grandma's 95 and um, pretty good shape, pretty good shape. And she falls and breaks her hip. That happens a lot with, with the elderly. So the doctor tests her, you know, takes her tests and uh, her heart's good and her, her bloods came back fine. Her kidneys are great. She's really an amazing shape for a 95-year-old. Can you imagine going to grandma and saying, grandma? You know, it's amazing. You're in great shape, but we're not going to fix your hip because you're, you're 95. So you're just going to have to suffer through it. I mean, clearly we're not going to do that. And so age is not a disease. Age is a condition that we have to work with. We have to deal with. We have to adjust our protocols, but it itself is not a disease. Case in point, when my poor Grover, who I, if you recall, I had to put to sleep back in June at 16 years and three months, which is amazing, amazing for Labrador. And he had a, a terrible cancer at 15. I actually, he spent his 15th birthday on my surgery table, removing a very ugly, aggressive mast cell, grade three mast cell tumor. It was bad. But my thought was this, if I do nothing, what can I expect? Nothing. So, and then I would have had to put him to sleep in the next month or two because the thing was oozing. And it was it was getting bigger so fast. I said, you know what? Tested him. He looked great. Everything checked out fine. And I said, you know, I'm going to do it. I know he's old. And I'm going to use the best anesthetic protocol. It's something called sevoflurane. I'm going to mask him down. I'm not going to use drugs to slow down his heart. And he was under for about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. And guess what? He came through like a champ and gave me another year and three months. I don't even think it was the tumor that eventually got him. I think the fact that he was 16 and plus. I mean, for a Labrador, that's amazing. So my feeling about this, there are certain conditions that inherently cause problems. Probably the most common one that I have to deal with with clients are teeth. Now, we know that bad mouths lead to many other conditions, notably heart disease and kidney problems, because the bacteria, the oral flora that with bad mouths start dream will colonize at the heart valves, calling endocarditis, and also in the kidneys, causing glomerulonephritis, which is an, an infection of the filtration system of the kidneys. So by continually not wanting to subject the pet to the, some of the most safest anesthetic protocols we have, 
we're basically, we're writing them off because they will get sick from other things and something that you could have prevented. Now, if you take bloods and you find that there are issues with your pet where anesthesia might be an, an increased risk, then try to fix those first. What I do is if kidneys are starting, you know, again, old dogs, you expect kidney problems. So I'm going to go up. I'll, I'll keep them on IV fluids. I'll put them on fluids for several hours before the procedure, put them on antibiotics for several days before the procedure, and be very, very cautious with our protocols, making sure which drugs we can and can't use and shouldn't, shouldn't use. And, you know, knock on wood, everything's going to come out fine and you'll be helping your pet. So I never use age alone as a criteria because age is not a disease. And now it happens to be a condition that we need to work and deal with in the course of our decision-making, but it itself is not a disease. So go over with your veterinarian, make sure your pet is healthy in, in every other way. And if need be, and it's better for the pet to have a procedure done, then by all means, go ahead and do it. Now, there are times where you may have the same decision and you have a condition that is going to claim the pet's life despite the repair. For example, if you have a very, very old dog diagnosed with osteosarcoma, and which is a bone cancer, it's going to metastasize. I mean, and the treatments of choice or chemo and amputation, now you have to say to yourself, is this dog going to tolerate amputation? Can he? I mean, his arthritis was so bad before the tumor. How's he going to get around on three legs? He couldn't even get around on four. So those are the situations where you really have to sit down, talk it over with your veterinarian, with the family, go to some other options to just what we call palliative radiation, for example. So those I understand. And sometimes when they get that bad, that's when it's time to say goodbye. But uh, if it's something that is fixable, doable, and just don't only look at age as your reason for do or not doing something. So brings me to my next point. We have a few minutes left. I may continue this next week. Um, I had a patient who came in last week and we did some blood work. I hadn't seen the patient in, in a couple of years and uh, well, about two years, actually. Um, and we finally made the diagnosis in May of 2015. The last time I saw the pet was December of 2015. They moved. Now they came back. The dog was that was, was doing okay, actually, but it was time. It was two years and, and it was time for a physical. We do a physical and the bloods were really bad. A particular enzyme we look at called alkaline phosphatase. High normal is 131. This dog was over 4,000. PSL, which is a pancreatic specific lipase, was like three or 400. And uh, it should be about 100, 115. So clearly this was a sick dog. Kidney values were a little high. What's amazing is the dog was not acting as sick as the bloods were indicating. I'm going through the records and I realized that this dog was diagnosed two years earlier with something called Cushing's disease. And one of the hallmarks of Cushing's disease is, of course, water drinking excessively and urinating excessively because of the water drinking. But the alkaline phosphatase enzyme is extremely elevated. Uh, it could be anywhere from five, 600 up to four or 5,000. And going through the records, I asked her, I said, well, what level are you on? We may have to adjust your level of the veteral, the medicine we use. And she goes, oh, when I finished the last dose, I just, I thought it was, I stopped. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, no. You didn't stop. You didn't You didn't call. You didn't think. You didn't ask. And I realized I had a case, similar case of, with a dog with heart disease that went home with a three-month supply of medication. And when you think of a three-month supply of medication, you kind of pretty much have to know it's probably something that's going to be long-term. The reason we give three months is because a lot of times we have to adjust doses. Sometimes we start with a month and make sure the dog is okay. For example, Cushing's disease. We'll give only a month and then do another test. So what you have to know is there most of our metabolic diseases, diabetes, Cushing's disease, which is an over-secretion of the adrenal glands, Addison's disease, which is an under-secretion. These are 
chronic conditions that will need to be treated for the rest of your pet's life. Now, a potential exception, a cat with diabetes, because cats get type 2 diabetes, and we have seen some cats turn around to at least the point where they don't need insulin anymore. And just diet and oral medication might help. But when it comes to a dog with type 1 diabetes, when it comes to Cushing's, Addison's, some of these diseases, they are going to be for the rest of your pet's life. So when you finish a prescription, make sure as you're even getting towards the end to call your veterinarian and get a refill. And your veterinarian may have you come back for some of the metabolic conditions because there's some dose adjustments that may need to be made. And those are very important. So just because you only received an eight-week supply doesn't mean it's an eight-week treatment. Other conditions that are going to probably require lifelong care, heart disease. So these are some of the physiologic conditions, arthritis. Just because you do something for two months, the dog's getting better and you finish the drugs, doesn't mean you're off the hook. Some of these things need to be treated. Now, you may not want to go with drugs the whole time. You may want to think of acupuncture. You may want to think about laser treatment. You may want to think about some nutraceuticals. I mean, there are many ways to treat these things, but most likely something will need to be given for the rest of your pet's life. So make sure to have these discussions with your veterinarian because it's critical. When when you think of a, a course of treatment, And then when you're done, the course is over. You're thinking of some like an allergy where sometimes once the allergic, once that input is, the condition is treated, an acute allergic reaction, a bee sting, urticary, which are hives. How about an infection? Infections, yes, those you have a course. And even even after the course, a lot of times we still like to recheck. For example, a urinary tract infection. Some dogs can, or, or animals can beat it in seven days of antibiotics. Some need four weeks. A respiratory infection. Sometimes it might need two or three months of antibiotics. It all depends on what the source of the infection is, where it is. But just because the dose of medication that you were provided, you were either through a script that you got at a pharmacy, a compounding pharmacy because of your pet's weight, or your veterinarian, just because you're done doesn't mean you're done. It means you need to follow up with your veterinarian. We always tell our clients that, you know, give us a call when you're done. We like to check back with them. Oftentimes when I'm writing in my file, I say, call back in two weeks to give us an update because I want to know what's going on. I want to know if we truly are better. If it's a urinary tract infection, I'm going to want to repeat the analysis now and make sure that it is free of bacteria. So I'm just, when I have two such cases where people were so misinformed or made the wrong decisions based on whatever was in their mind, I have no idea. But I would imagine that if you were on a medication and you finished it for a problem, you wouldn't make your own decision as to whether or not you're done. You would call the doctor's office and tell them you're done. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. You're having the same problem? No, I'm not. And then they can decide whether or not you need to be seen again. So um, anyway, with that, keep in mind, if you have any questions about that, diseases, conditions that might require longer-term care, forever care, or just short-term medication, please let me know. You can reach me at drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. You know, I feel so sorry for these animals that really are once again in a bad way after being in control, and now they're kind of almost back to square one, maybe even worse. So open conversation with your veterinarian or a veterinary staff. If you have any questions, any concerns, please, please reach out to me. And uh, you can also always, we'd love to hear from you on the show. So when we're here next week, just you can dial in to 877-385-8882 or join us live on Google Hangouts. Once again, thanks to Brevecto, thanks to More Than a Cone, and thanks to Save This Life Microchip. And uh, I will be here same time next week. Looking forward. Have a great week, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.